Okay, today we have um, Tony, Deacon Tony among us to share uh, the message called Constant in the Change. So um, before we invite Tony up, I'll just read the scripture. Uh, scripture is from Psalm 90, verse 1 to 2. If uh, you have your Bible, I encourage you to open it or your Bible app, you can click on your Bible app, okay? So this is what the Bible said. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Thanks, Tony. Pass the time to you. Good morning, everyone. It's a privilege to be here today um, to speak. And if I sound a little nasally, it's because I'm still recovering from a cold. So um, today might be a bit rougher for me, but we'll try to get through. Um, but I just want to say thank you, everyone, for your prayers, your support um, leading up to MTS and apprenticeships. Um, and while I haven't formally started yet, um, yeah, it's been a, quite a busy period trying to set things up, and hopefully I'll have more to say soon. Um, but for now, let's get into this message and pray. Heavenly Father, would you speak to us today? Would you be the words on my lips, would you speak with your spirit and not with mine, that your will would be done today on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, I'd just like to start with a question. If you had 40 years left in your life, what would you do? Forty years for us is actually a really long time. It's double your lifetime, probably. And for some, we might have passed that already. Um, but forty years, what would you do? Would you, you know, want to just fill it up to the brim? You know, I'm going to make the most of every single moment. You know, I've got a bucket list. I want to travel. I want to have these experiences. I want to fall in love. I want to find these experiences career ambitions, family aspirations, investments to buy, subjects and degrees to be studied. You know, all sorts of things sounds fairly normal, right? But what if you could do nothing for those 40 years? Nothing. All you do is just live, survive. You just maintain whatever health you have, you eat, but you can't achieve anything, right? That sounds pretty bizarre. But that's exactly the question that the Israelites had to face. And while they're in the wilderness, they wandered for 40 years, right? 
This is the story of Exodus. And if you've been around church long enough, if you've grown up in CSS or if you've read the first, you know, one, two books of the Bible, you get to Exodus, the story of Moses. And whenever we talk about Moses, we say, you know, I've, I've got the movies, Prince of Egypt. He sends the ten plagues. Um, he has the Passover meal with his people. And then there's that mountaintop moment. The ocean splits. They all cross. And everyone just went, like, I'm just going to clap right now and call it the end of the story. But there's also more. Because immediately after, what happens? They disobey God, and he sends them into the wilderness to wander. And so the Bible is actually no stranger to these moments of uncertainty. Now, at church, we actually should talk about these more often, because we too are no strangers to moments of uncertainty. And this is all in hindsight that we can look back and say, those 40 years, how soul-crushing that must be for Moses, for the people, to never enter into the promised land. And that's exactly the reason why I love the Old Testament. That God does not shy away from suffering. So he put it in there. And so even though we're looking back and taking a break from Acts, I want to point us towards a God-centered worldview. Here's what I mean by that. So verse 1 and 2, this is a prayer from Moses. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. That's how Moses opens his prayer. Now before he even prays about his situation, Lord, I'm stuck here. Lord, I can't do anything. These people don't listen to me. Before he even shares about his needs and troubles, he focuses on God. And I find that incredible. Right? I, I myself, if I was in his shoes, I'd be complaining for the first two days that what's going on? I can't even see anything. I can't see past the future. Right? It's pretty scary. And I think we can learn from this. Right? Moses takes this as an opportunity to step back from his situation and meditate. And I'm grateful that he wrote this prayer. Because he doesn't specify what's going on. He just says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. And that the Bible itself is actually a record of people's thoughts, a record of all their struggles, wrestling with these difficult circumstances. And so this psalm that originally was people's words to God, they become... God's word to people. Right? Did you catch that? That the same words that Moses prays are also for us to pray too. 
And I know we're not desert people. We're in Australia. We're not searching for a promised land. But I can guarantee you, you've all experienced what it's like when the future is uncertain. I find myself in that situation right now. Um, the last year has been not clear at all. What's, what's the right way to go in terms of life trajectory, career choices, family commitments? These are pressing matters. And then if you look at our church right now too, we are looking for a pastor. Where's our vision? Where's our direction? The future is not clear at all. And I'm saying this as very matter of fact because it's not it's neither good nor bad. It's just how it is. So here's my first point. It's a bit of a long introduction. It's more of a question, right? What is your worldview? What is your worldview right now? In other words, how do you see the world and your life? Because that will influence what's important to you. How will you go trying to achieve those things? How will you go protecting those things? And for the longest time, I, I found myself trying to do things my own way. And there's a really common phrase that I've heard in my friends group, even coming from my own mouth. It's, I just need to figure things out. Have we heard that before? I just need to figure things out. How often do we figure things out? I, I believed under the assumption that if I worked hard enough with this perfectionist um, mentality, that if I just put enough effort into whatever I was trying to achieve, I'd get there eventually. And I'd put my trust in my own abilities, put my trust into other people. But this is a God-absent worldview. And because it's God-absent, it's full of anxiety. You find that anxiety is the loudspeaker of the state of our hearts. Anxiety reflects what we're most worried about. Anxiety about change that happens because I want to feel secure. I want to know the future. I want to control so that I don't get caught in whatever unexpected surprises that come up. And ironically, because of that, we actually can't be certain of anything at all. They accept the fact that the only thing we can be certain of is that change is certain. Right. And so we had this, you know, the worship songs that we sang. If we continue in this God-absent worldview, then life without God is really dark. It's hard to find meaning. Hope is scarce. And we're just drifting along, trying to find our own purposes wherever we can, with whoever we can, be it in school, be it family, career, money, stability. How are we certain that those things won't change too? There's this bizarre um, extreme that I've heard. I just thought it was really funny. Um, there's a professor in America 
He was a lecturer in physics or maths or some department. And in the first class he ever taught to his first year uni students, he said, welcome all you cosmic accidents. I, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but people are okay with having no meaning in life. They just accept that. So Moses here, he's no scientist. This was before we even had those thoughts. He somehow understands that something is deeper, right? How we fit into God's bigger picture. And so when he prays, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. That God is his refuge. We, we, we sing songs about it all the time. What does it actually mean? God, you have been our dwelling place. Right, dwelling places, we, that's where we live, that's where we gather, that's where we call home, that's where we can feel safe to mold your identity. And then he follows it up with, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And from everlasting to everlasting, this means before the world existed, God was here. Before I was even born, before you were even born, God existed. As we are born, as we live our lives, God is here with us. And for how many more years to come, God will remain. And so there's actually a shift here. What, what's Moses' mindset? And I want to visualize this. So give me, give me a minute. Sorry, it's a bit messy. Okay, this will do. So I have in my hand a cable. It's just a computer cable. I won't tell you how long it is. But does everyone see this um, blue bit here? This blue strip. Now imagine that this is your lifetime. 80, 100 years, 30 years, however long or short it may be, this is your lifetime. Now all this is eternity. It just keeps going and going and going and going. You get the point. From everlasting to everlasting means that in the other direction, God was. 
And for whatever present future we have right now, God is. And for whoever knows how long, God will. And so I ask you, which one's more important? Is it this blue portion here? Or is it all of this? You can stand up if you want. Actually see how long this is. Um, Kathy, can you help me out? Just hold one end. And just keep pulling. Just keep pulling. Keep going. Yeah, it's a bit messy. But. And as she keeps pulling, think about how the choices that we make now, are they informed by today or are they informed by tomorrow? By this eternity perspective. Are we doing things where like I want to save up money from here, 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 so that this part here, yeah, that's good. That's why I'll enjoy it. But then I'm forgetting that all of this continues and it's gonna continue. We're actually not hardwired to understand eternity. It just blows our minds. But if you look at this. It's still going. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. <coughs> and so God does not change. If he does not change, then it means that whatever happens to us now <coughs> does not affect him the same way that we are affected. So here's my second point. It's about an eternity perspective. So a bit forward in verses 3 to 4. <coughs> he turned people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by, or a watch, or like a watch in the night. You return people back to dust. What a sobering thought. But that's the reality that we face. How fragile and short our lives are. And so what does Moses pray? Verse 12, he says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. It means that in perspective of all of this that we have, we have this. The, the decisions we make during this period is going to affect all of this. And because our time on earth is limited, it's to say, in, in light of my lifespan, you know, the average for someone's like 80 years, 90 if you're lucky, in light of eternity, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Help me to walk in ways that bring life. And so we, we have this mindset, I want to achieve these things before I hit 21. I want to be stable before I hit 30. I want a family before I hit 40. I want to retire before I hit 65. Like we have all these milestones, but 
God's not bound by time. We are. And so the plans that he makes for us are not about what's now to keep us comfortable. It's actually for all eternity. <clears throat> but, you know, I admit it. We're, we're impatient. I'm impatient. I just want things now. If I want to buy something, I just online shop. It comes to my house in two days. If I see an ad on a video that's more than 15 seconds long and I can't skip it, I get frustrated, right? But somehow, all of this, Moses, after 40 years of nothing, of wandering, of frustration, he looks towards God and sees eternity. And because he sees eternity, he can say, this is worth it. This is worth it, that I have this God-centered worldview to say, my life living for God is worth every second. And so as we look towards the cross, as we look towards Jesus, who made all of this possible, that he would die for our sins, bring us new life, new life that goes beyond just this boy bit, but goes for all eternity. You know, I, I check the Bible app sometimes for, for the verse of the day that pops up. It's quite nice. And today, you can read it as well. It's from Romans 8. And I'm skipping ahead here. But it's so timely. It reads, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. He's looking forward. We need to look forward. So earlier I asked, what kind of mindset or worldview do you have now? Let me ask that again. What kind of mindset to the future do you have? Is it next week? Is it next month? Uh, are we trying to plan ahead into a year's time, two years' time? Perhaps if you're in high school, you might be thinking about VCE. And if you're in VCE, you're probably thinking about uni. But this is really important, um, Trent, because if we think about eternity, we're thinking the big questions. Where will we go after this, this life? Lots of us here call ourselves Christians as Christ followers. Then are we honoring God by having eternity in mind? Because it's actually really obvious if we aren't living with an eternity perspective. I mentioned anxiety before. But we just cling on to things that are just so precious to us. Our jobs, our families, our careers, our school grades. Things that are good, but in the light of eternity, are temporary. We can't just assume that we have that perspective just because we go to church, right? We need to actually, like Moses, stop and meditate on that. 
And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the it, right? Eternity is at stake. And if that's so, what would you do with the time that you have left? If I said you had 40 years left, but I won't tell you when that started, what would you do, right? Because if we don't think of these questions, we are robbing ourselves when we forget. We are robbing ourselves of the power that comes when we forget. And if I'm honest, we might be just wasting our time here at church. We're more burdened with stress and anxiety over things outside our control, right? We idolize the things that God has provided. We're going to feel like suffering is a lot worse than it actually is. We're We're more likely to complain because it's about circumstances not about what's ahead and I, I do this too like self-pitying is so easy because I'm gonna find fault in my circumstances as responsible for all my problems but what if those are to actually build us up so I hope you get the point I can't overstate this enough that in the light of eternity it means suffering on this present earth is temporary. means that when we serve others, that's a privilege because we bring glory to God. It won't seem as much of a chore. And when we build up treasures in heaven, then it's where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So Moses ends his prayer with a request. Psalm 90. Verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. With that eternity perspective, ask God to reveal himself to you. Establish the work of our hands. That God would take our sin, our inadequacies, whatever we have, put it at his feet. That he would use that, transform us, bless it in the eternal mission. So, we have a bit of time. And I'd like us to actually have some discussion with this. Two questions to share questions. Number one, do you have a future perspective? That's question one. Do you have a future perspective? And question two, if so, how far ahead? So question one, do you have a future perspective? If so, how far ahead? So let's break off into some groups, um, just like we did at Alpha, probably five, ten minutes, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. All right. I will just quickly pray, finish. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you that you've been so faithful to us throughout all generations. Lord, you've never shied away from our uncertainties, Lord, that you are our dwelling place. So, Lord, would you just give us that eternity mindset that you would set 
eternity into our hearts, Lord, so that we would see, yeah, really the choices we make do matter. So help us, Lord. We just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.